Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's Greg Batson. Well, welcome in. Happy Thursday afternoon to one and all. Greg Matz again for John Mercure. He is out for the next week and change. Sandy Max in for Sandy Max. <laughs> Glad to be here. Steven Watson in for me on sports. Debbie's got your roads. Adam Roberts producing the program. And a lot of fun and local stuff we are covering today, Sandy. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Where shall we begin? If you have an idea... On how to improve Milwaukee County Parks, this is your chance. A new batch of grants could help those ideas come to life. It's pretty interesting stuff. If you've ever walked through a Milwaukee County Park and said, you know what they need here, or you know what would be cool, you need more of these, Or there's plenty of space for a... There you go. You're thinking along the right line. Well, the Milwaukee Parks Foundation has never done this, but their foundation is all about creating change. They've established this thing called the Sprouts Fund. It's a first-time-ever sort of deal. So what they're trying to do is solicit responses and proposals for how to improve Milwaukee County Parks. So what they'll do here is they will select projects that they deem doable, feasible, workable in the system, and they'll grant funds anywhere from $500 to $10,000 to those who come up with these ideas. So we're talking about uh, te- tennis club, pickleball courts, uh, you name it. It could be anything. More drinking fountains. A, New a playground equipment, dog sure. Park, right, you name it. I say dog parks are always a hot topic. It's always an interesting one. There's a few in Milwaukee County. In fact, the big one on Curry Park uh, has been closed for about a week or plus. So there is a deadline, however, April 14th. So check out the Milwaukee County Parks website, the Parks Foundation, hoping to get money in the hands of grant winners in time for summer. And this is one of those times, you know, where we joke around, if you if you don't vote, you can't complain. Not very much Here's so. one of those times where if you've got that idea, why not apply? You could really make a difference in your own community. I like it. How about a pool? More water slides. There we go. Or even more trees. More traveling beer gardens. Yeah, I'm all for that. That's. <laughs> and it, I'm telling you what, in the summertime, Grant Park throwing bags and drinking beer in the oh, sunshine, right I'm all for That's it. That's tough to beat. What else I we like got it. today? The Milwaukee Public Museum unveiled another round of exhibit sketches this morning, and I know you love a rendering, Greg Matzik. This rendering <laughs> is more like a watercolor painting that I saw, but I like it. I do like it. This is very cool. Milwaukee Public Museum has so many great exhibits. The Wisconsin Journey will be an entire exhibit floor unto it itself, focused on the geological wonders and arrays of cultures in Wisconsin. So six distinct districts of Wisconsin will be showcased here. The Driftless Area, Apostle Islands, Northwoods, Prairie Lands, Great Lakes, and the Door Peninsula. But an entire floor dedicated to you know, the history of Wisconsin, topography through kind of where we are today, some of the great lands of our state. Associated Bank will have naming rights, one of several to commit significant dollars, very generous donation from Associated Bank to help get this thing off the ground. And the lands, literally the grounds that we're on, are so important to our entire cultural history and agricultural history. Like, there's just so much to learn there, even though it may sound sort of like, hmm, geography and kind of bland. I'm confident that the Milwaukee Public Museum is going to design this so that it's an enriching experience. Well, and it's such a cool place. I know they have an aggressive fundraising goal. They're trying to get to $240 million, that are about $128 million right now. So a lot of room to grow and certainly looking for more donations, but very cool project for a very cool museum. And I think we're all on pins and needles for the next announcement, which is going to be on Milwaukee Day itself, yes. April 14th. Yes. That's where we're going to find out what bits and pieces 
from the old streets of Milwaukee will be displayed, I think. Definitely more to come. Yeah, they want to preserve that from, from the old space and, and try and keep it alive in the new place. Will Granny and her rocking chair have a yeah, new space to live? We will find only out. Hold. <laughs> and finally... We're singing today. Ah, music fans, the Summerfest lineup released this morning, bright and early at 6 a.m., and there is plenty to be excited about for the 55th big gig. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to showcase some of the bands that will be coming to Summerfest throughout the program today. We'll get your thoughts on bands you'd like to see, who you want to watch out of this group. Summerfest begins weekend 1, June 22nd, runs through the 24th. Eric Church, James Taylor among the main stage acts. But you just think of a band that you've seen at Summerfest over the last several years. They're probably coming back because of their obscene popularity. And some great bands like Cheap Trick and Lyle Lovett, that's just in weekend number one. Cypress Hill for the old school rap fans. Earth, Wind, and Fire is coming to Summerfest this year. Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson, Tears of a Clown, will yeah, be brought so- to Summerfest. Sticks, they make their yearly appearance. <laughs> it's a great list, and it's so much better when we have the audio. So we're going to sprinkle that throughout the program today and have some fun. And if you would just, if you can't wait and you want to know, we can get you the list of all all these uh, Summerfest bands that have been announced. All you do is text the word FEST, F-E-S-T, to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Text FEST to 855-616-1620 and play along with us when yeah. we uh, discuss it in depth at 415. Hey, just three months away. I know, Summerfest I'm excited. 2023. I will tell you, one of my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite bands is playing Spoiler alert, it is not Duran Duran, but one of my all-time favorite bands is playing Summerfest. You're going to make us wait, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Fair enough. Here we go. All right. Also very cool, and we had to wait 30 years for this celebration, but the Bartolotta Restaurant Group celebrating 30 years of award-winning hospitality. they got a very cool event popping off today in about an hour, and it's really part of a year-long celebration. Paul Bartolotta will join us coming up in just a couple minutes here. It's 316 on WTMJ. the river. So Emily and I love to go out for dinner in the city of Milwaukee, and we love picking new places. We have so many great memories going out to Bartolotta restaurants. So, you know, it, I don't want to say growing up, but early adulthood, <laughs> it, it was like, it was aspirational to go to Lake Park Bistro. It's an anniversary destination tradition it, for one, me. One yeah, it is special. Premier settings for any restaurant in all of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Now that we live in Menominee Falls, we're about two miles away from Mr. B's. So we're on kind of the Falls-Brookfield border, so Mm -hmm. that's a great place to go. The patio is incredible. Uh, And it it just underscores how many fantastic restaurants there are in Milwaukee and how many have the Bartolotta name attached to it, celebrating 30 years of award-winning hospitality. Just an amazing, amazing legacy left in this city. It is part of the fabric of this culture here, the restaurant culture, and they've inspired other chefs who've worked and come up through the Bartolotta restaurants and now they've gone off and started their own restaurants here so really making this a a restaurant culture and destination well so much so that today march 23rd 2023 has been declared the Bartolotta restaurants day i don't know that paul or joe ever thought they would get this day uh but paul Bartolotta joins us founder owner he's the man who started it all with his brother and he joins us on the line right now Greetings and congratulations, Paul. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for for those kind introductory words. Um, we're we're incredibly grateful. Um, it's a little bit bittersweet for me today because I'm a little emotional. Um, not celebrating this with Joe. He was such an integral part of of who we are as an organization. He lives within us, 
every day, um, chirping in my ear, in my heart. Um, but we're going to build on his legacy. Uh, that is the goal. And, you know, we want Bartolotta restaurants. We want Bartolotta to signify something more than a person. But but the people that actually make it happen every day in our restaurants, our, our family table, we call it today, the table that, that Maria and Joe and Felicia and I grew up at in Wauwatosa. We had it renovated. It's symbolically sitting in our support office because we want to metaphorically remember the fact that that's where we came from. That's the table that we learned about hospitality. That's the table that we learned about values that we then brought into the restaurant business. When Joe and I started, we did not think um, about aspirationally doing the, all these restaurants. We were two little guys just trying to get something happen. But in our lifetime, we've had, I mean, if I think of one word that signifies today, it's gratitude, uh, gratitude for, for people like Joe DeRosa, who, you know, was our first investor and, and made sure that we owned more of the business. And he gave us, you know, most of the money and signed our lease to get restaurant. They opened, you know, 30 years ago or Michael Cuddy with all he did or Roy Ryman or all the landlords or people that have, have played a, a role in helping our success. Nothing happens alone. Um, and I'm just, beyond grateful today it's, it's emotional but it's exciting um you know milwaukee has has embraced us you know we've made our mistakes but they have stood behind us and coming out of you know covid even it's like you really realize um when we started we thought we were opening restaurants and we realized that we're we're in the people business not the restaurant business we're in the we're in the hospitality my brother used to use the term you know we hire people with a hospitality heart and it means you know, people who exude and bring their personality to the table, to the dishes that they're cooking. Um, and we are everything or nothing without our employees. They, they are our everything. And so when we built our values, we said our employees come before our guests because if we have good and happy employees, you know, they're going to take care of the guests. And, and then if we have happy customers, it's because we have great landlords and great partners and great stakeholders and the best vendors of all who give us the best of the best. And so then it's up to us to give back to our community because again, without your community and improving the community, we find ourselves today driving around and visiting every one of our restaurants. We started at seven this morning. We've been out at Coles and Menominee Falls. We've been in Brookfield. We've been in Greendale. We've been down in the city. We did a lunch for our employees at, at Harbor House where, where uh, Mayor Johnson was there and, and literally made a proclamation of, of Bartolotta Restaurant Day. And the same occurred in, in Brookfield and Mequon and Greendale and, and the city of Milwaukee and the city of Wauwatosa. And it really all started when Joe called and said, hey, brother, let's do something together. And it was a moment. It was a magical moment. And then along that road, we've had so many employees that have all either, you know, we have 70, more than 70 employees have been with us more than more than like 10 and 15 years. And and more than a dozen have been with us for more than 20 years. So these are the people that have many have come through and gone out and found other careers. Many have gone out and done their own restaurants. And we're prideful when we watch and we see all this, the, the people that have passed through our businesses and shared their lives with us. But then the community has shared their life's experiences dining in our restaurants. And we've been, we've seen, I, I had a table at Lake Park not long ago where it was the grandmother 
um, who had just recently passed away. But it was it was um, the great grandmother, the grandmother was there, the the mother was there, the children and the grandchildren were all at one table, and the the, the children were in their forties telling us about oh we're bringing our children, but we came to Lake Park as children. And so we have watched, and how many people have been married, either employees that met and got married in our company, or it's just, we've been, we find ourselves in the people business. We thought it was restaurants, but it's really people. You've been, yeah, part of this Milwaukee culture. You've just shown it so well, all these different levels of community that you've built. Like you said, you're in the people business, but you don't have to do all your celebrating in just one day on Bartolotta Day. Are you going to stretch out some of this celebration into the year with maybe some special food items? So we're doing special menus. We have some guest chef appearances that we're going to be announcing. We have a whole series of events that we're doing with our employees, uh, giveaways, uh, uh, things that we're doing with our employees to show our gratitude toward them. Because at the end of the day, it's about our employees. It's about our community. And again, you know, our Carolata, which is our, 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 community arm or philanthropic arm is so important to us. And so there's a number of things that we're going to be adding on to that as well. So again, all the things that we do um, all sort of tie into the word care. We call it Carolatas, but we, you know, we care about our employees. We care about, about, um, about our guests. We care about the people we do business with and we care deeply about our community. And in each one of the things, our, our, our purpose, if there is such a thing, is to, to find how we can elevate the fabric of the communities in which we operate, whether it be in Greendale or Mequon or, or Brookfield or Wauwatosa or the city of Milwaukee. We have been blessed to be in the county park system and all that they have done to support us with McKinley Marina at the Roundhouse or, of course, Lake Park Bistro, this iconic place um, that's I mean, when you think about it, Ristorante is 30 years old today. I think back what wow. I was doing, and I were doing 30 years ago today. And there's the old saying, you know, restaurants uh, don't get tired. Owners do. Well, um, I'm not tired. I can assure you of that. I'm oh, we can tell. We're <laughs> fired up, Paul. No, 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 I'm, you, you've I'm got all the energy in the world left. Paul, no, it's, it's amazing. And, and we don't get tired of the restaurants either. That's no. the amazing part, Paul. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's 30 years of sustained brilliance. Yet. Oh, you haven't done your best work yet? Is that what you're threatening us with? We, I am indeed, and we're (laughs) excited because out in Lake Country, we've never done something in Lake Country. We're doing the Commodore out on the Negwicka Lake uh, coming up. Hopefully, we'll be able to give you a date announcement soon, but we're super excited about that. And there's a couple other things percolating that we're going to tease here but not give you any details yet, but we're, we're not done. Cool. We're, we're, we'll be out I, there for a menu might tasting. Be aggressive to say we're just getting started, <laughs> but we feel like we're just getting started. Well, 30 years of sustained brilliance in the restaurant industry and really in Milwaukee doing so many great things for the city and the state. Paul, congratulations. Enjoy your day and can enjoy I, this year-long celebration. You, can I leave you with one last thing? Oh, sure. Why not? I just want to say thank you, Milwaukee. Milwaukee has, has been great to us. Well, and we are grateful. It's reciprocated, no doubt about that. Uh, Paul, Love congratulations, and, and uh, enjoy this day and enjoy your year. You've really earned it, no doubt about that. Thank you for thinking about us and including us on your show. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Dave Matthews Band coming to Summerfest, one of the headlining acts at the big gig this year. It all begins June 22nd at the Summerfest grounds. By that time, we will not be talking about snow developments. <laughs> I don't think we will anyway. I, this is getting a little annoying. Yeah, right? when like, Brian Nisnansky mentioned yesterday that possibly, what, four to six inches of wet snow 
on one of the busiest travel days for spring break. Yes. Not the, not the best news, but accurate. You know, I'd rather be warned that this could happen. Well, if your plane gets off the ground, I guess it's, it's okay news to you. It's going to melt. It's going to go away. Yeah, but you're happier gonna be, in Florida. Yeah. I, we've reached the point now where a higher power is going to take care of the snow, whatever lands in my driveway. You mean the sunshine? Yeah, right. I'm not touching it anymore. <laughs> the great big orb? Oh, okay. Like some, Something else, some higher power is going to handle it. You know, you walk out in December, the first snow, oh, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and you walk out in March, you're like, again? Yeah, there's something magical here? at the beginning of winter, and there's something now that it's officially both meteorological and autumnal, not autumnal, what's the word, uh, astronomical? Okay. The equinox. It's something, you know what I mean? It's, it's, something up there. Meteorological spring starts March 1st for record keeping, but the, the yes. scientific spring has officially started. So, yes, it should not snow measurably anymore. Like, I don't want to have to keep the shovel handy. No, I, you know, and we're a week away from opening day at Wrigley Field oh, in Chicago. Yeah. And I did look at the long range forecast just out of curiosity. I mean, it doesn't look like a warm day in <laughs> Chicago, but if it's not raining or biting wind, and there's a little bit of sun, and if it's the mid-40s, I think you you, you take that and run. Sure, and layer up a little bit and you're tailgating, yeah. Why the Brewers are opening up at Wrigley is beyond me, Stephen. It, it was just, sleeting last just, year. <laughs> oh, I, I can tell you I was there. That was not fun. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous decision. Well done, MLB. Oh, but they got Friday off, just in case that game is washed out on Thursday. Yeah, great. <laughs> Might be 47 <laughs> degrees then. We'll keep an eye on the weather with Brian Nisnansky. We keep an eye on the Aaron Rodgers situation with Andrew Brandt, former salary cap guru for the Packers. He joins us right after this on WTMJ. Well, Rodgers' watch 2023 continues. At this point, it's down to negotiations between the Packers and Jets. Who's in the better position right now? Discussion of leverage has cropped up as the Packers and Jets continue to discuss a way to get Aaron Rodgers to New York. Both parties would like to get a deal done. Could Aaron Rodgers screw any of this up? Well, for all these questions, we look for answers. And that's why we welcome in Andrew Brandt, who was in the room the day the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, former salary cap guru. He once ran a contract to Brett Favre on a golf course. You've seen it all during his time in Green Bay. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, good to be with you. And, and yes, before we get to the trade, it's just incredibly eerie. The symmetry, the deja vu, like 15 years ago, I remember that we ascended a first-round quarterback named Aaron Rodgers who'd been sitting in the bullpen for three long years. And we said goodbye to a Hall of Famer. That was the face of the franchise for 18 years. Now they're sending a first-round quarterback who sat in the bullpen for three years and replacing a Hall of Famer that was face of the franchise for 18 years. It's, it's really amazing, and they both may be traded to the New York Jets. So, Andrew, can you take us behind the scenes? What is happening right now And If you look at the Jets, you look at the Packers, do you see one team having a decisive bit of leverage or advantage as trade discussions continue, kind of a slow roll of the discussions? Yeah, well, the first part of the question, I think nothing's happening. I don't think anyone's calling anyone. I think this thing is dormant until, until there's any movement, and no one wants to be the one to call. In terms of leverage, as I've written and talked about and all over social media, I do think, the and maybe people think it's my Packers bias, but I think they have tremendous leverage here because, as I talk about, leverage is in the 
party that has the most satisfaction with the status quo. The status quo of the Packers is they have their quarterback. They owe Rodgers no money until September. The status quo of the Jets is they have no quarterback, and they've set their sights on Rodgers. That's a pretty simple equation. So the one thing the Jets have going for them, though, is that it appears they're the only, only suitor for Aaron Rodgers. So this could take a while. That's the appearance. Do you think that's actuality? Is there a chance that there's somebody else that is doing this dance and maybe secretly flying to visit Aaron Rodgers in California, not making such a public display of it. Do you think there's possibly another party interested in Aaron Rodgers? I guess my answer would be no. I think that if there were, the Packers would have squeezed the Jets already. Um, Because the Jets are not going to let let him go to somewhere else. Now, you're right. It could be a secret, and the Packers could be holding this tight, but these things tend to get out, and if the Jets knew that, I think we'd have a deal because I think the Jets would step up to where where that is. And, guys, I don't know where that is. I know everyone's speculating. My guess is the Packers want a first-round pick this year and a stair-step pick next year based on Aaron's performance in New York um, and maybe a player or two. And the Jets are probably resistant, especially to giving a first-round pick this year. You've always famously, Andrew, said that uh, negotiations, both sides have to lose in some way. Um, So what do you think a fair value is for Aaron Rodgers? What deal do you think ultimately might get done? I think the latter parts of the deal are easier to get done. Like I just mentioned, based on his performance in 23, there'll be 24 draft picks. It could go, theoretically, say, from a fourth to a third to a second or even if the backers are good enough to get a third to a second to a first, based on how Aaron does, how long, how much he plays, what statistical categories, how the team does, playoffs, Super Bowl, you could, you could cre- be creative with that. And maybe there's a pick coming to the Packers in 25 if Aaron plays in 24, because that's a wild card. Is he even going to have playtime in 2024? The hard part, as I said, is what's the compensation in 23, which is the most immediate and probably has to be resolved in the next three or four weeks because of the draft. And the first round pick, I'm just guessing, is the barrier here. Is there a way, Andrew, that Aaron could screw this whole thing up? Just somehow, some way, right? We're talking about the Jets and the Packers and who has leverage and there is a deadline of the draft. There's also a potential deadline of June 1st. Maybe Aaron's contract is restructured. But is it possible that Aaron could mess everything up by himself? Yeah, I mean, I hear people have challenged me that the, the Jets have leverage because Aaron could walk into the Packers. Well, first of all, the Packers don't gather until late April. So that's an, a month. And then... To think that Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Southern California to come and lift weights in Green Bay so he could potentially drop a weight on his foot, I mean, I I just don't get that. Uh, And I don't get him showing up to camp or any of these ideas that people have. 
It's just not Aaron. And Aaron was the guy who Brett Favre showed up to be his backup for three practices, which was terrible. Um, I don't see it. The one thing Aaron's people could do is say, hey, Packers, make this happen. And I don't know what the response would be to that. Because, you know, you do bring up an interesting point. The Packers have two negotiations going on here, one with the Jets and one with Rodgers, which is like, why are you guys holding this up? But at the end of the day, the Jets can just say, I mean, the Packers can just say to Aaron, we're, we're trying to get the best deal for you. And it's a, it's a, it's a it's 22 for Aaron because I'm sure Aaron thinks he's worth a first round pick. You were right there in the room signing Aaron's first deal, Andrew. What were your thoughts? What was going through your mind when Aaron signed his most recent deal after back-to-back MVP seasons? It was a massive deal, and this this year is curious to me because I think this deal was was negotiated to be traded. Um, I mentioned this op- option bonus, and I think you you guys have talked about it. It it can be exercised any any moment from now until September. What that means is the Packers have complete control of this contract. It's a huge number, of course. But usually superstars have deals where there's a $5 million bonus due in March or there's a $10 million bonus due in April or whatever it is. This has none of that. So I look at this contract last year and I'm like, okay, Aaron got this massive deal, $60 million this year. But the Packers have it's, – it's a contract meant to be traded. Packers have no urgency on this contract. And the money's not due until September. Usually stars have money in the offseason. So that's curious to me. Interesting stuff. First deadline is the draft. That'll be April 27th. Otherwise, potentially June 1st. Packers could save a little money if they traded Aaron after, based upon the way his current contract is structured. It's fascinating stuff, Andrew. I always appreciate your perspective, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, our pleasure is ours. Andrew Brent right there sitting next to Aaron Rodgers. I have the picture on my computer right now. First contract Aaron ever signed. Andrew was sitting right next to him putting his signature on it as well. That's a big smile and a young puppy face. Yes, for both of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for both of them. And I imagine we'll one day maybe see Russ Ball's smiling picture with Jordan Love. I could be. And in 2038, when Jordan Love is traded to the Jets, we'll have Andrew Branch back on our program again. <laughs> a fine tradition continuing. Yes, indeed. It's 356 on WTMJ.